0: Podcast that flips the health and wellness industry upside down so you can be your healthiest inside and out. I'm your host, Dr. Neil Smoller, holistic pharmacist and supplement strategist. Today's episode: supplement spring cleaning. Wow, that's pretty fun. We're gonna talk about expiration dates. Are they real? You know, is anything real? Are birds real? I don't I don't think that anybody really knows that for certain. But then we're going to talk about supplement strategy, my favorite topic, and how this is going to be the last time that you'll ever have to do spring cleaning on your supplement cabinet. But first, visit wellnessupsidedown.com for all things podcast-related. Please subscribe to this show on your favorite podcast app and even over on YouTube and definitely give us those five-star reviews as often as you can each and every episode because it helps me get seen and heard and I think that I'm worth it for sure. I'm definitely without coffee today in the pits of hell in our studio because they haven't gotten the heat thing worked out so I'm going to try folks. I'm sorry if it's not me. (laughs) So if you're tuning in for the first time, you know Or you should know, I guess, that I'm a fan of supplements. I'm a fan of supplements when they're done right. Uh, But I'm not a fan of the deceptive practices of the health and wellness industries. If I'm ranting, I'm not beating up on you because you've tried something. I'm raging against the machine of supplement misinformation that got someone like you down the wrong path. And I think that's a pretty noble pursuit. (laughs) Today's show supplement spring cleaning. So the basically two topics. Uh, expiration dates, do expiration dates really matter and then how do we spring clean our supplement cabinet. So very simple, try to make it a little bit more relaxed today. We went heavy on Ozempic last time. I got a lot of people pissed off at me about my rant about pharmacists. I think they took it the wrong way, but you know, I was trying to help. Whatever. It is what it is. Check out that episode if you missed it. It was a good one, especially the last 10. Not so much my friend and his baby do supplement expiration dates really even matter which is a funny question to ask somebody who almost exclusively uses supplements that are beyond expiration date uh it's it's a half serious thing that i'm saying it i always joke that it's the shoemakers kids in my house you know we we use whatever's there instead of the best of the best, like the freshest stuff off the boat. I I normally let everybody have first dibs, and then I take whatever's left. Um, I'm not afraid, though, to use these things, and that's normally for good reason. Uh, There's a specific set of parameters that gives me uh, confidence in what I'm doing. And hopefully, I guess, once you understand the things that I think about, you can have some confidence, too, and at least make better decisions about, you know, Supplements and expiration dates and all of that other stuff. So uh, you should know that generally I'm not in the camp that you should use supplements after – expiration date, because you're probably not going to get the same set of parameters that I have. Uh, you know, they're not going to get aligned for you as, as well as they will for me. Uh, you won't be as certain as I am. So in that situation, because you don't have the training and expertise, it might be best to just be like, man, I'm going to pitch these. Um, but we'll talk a little bit here and hopefully you can make better decisions by the end of it. So what is an expiration date? Uh, Are expiration dates even real or is it just like the tooth fairy and we need to question reality? Well, an expiration date is not even legally required to be on uh, a supplement bottle or even determined by a supplement manufacturer. All they need to do is put on the manufacture date, the date that the product was actually made. The expiration date is an optional thing. And if they want to put the expiration date on there, they need the studies to prove the expiration date is that date. But those studies come at a cost. And... That cost, in my opinion, is of course worth it. Um, you know, let, let's just put a scenario out there. It, today it's 2023 when we're making this podcast here. Uh, what would you rather buy in 2023: a supplement with a manufacture date of 2020, or a supplement with an expiration date of 2024? And it's a trick question because it's the same supplement, right, It was, it's the same exact thing. Made in 2020 with an expiration date of 2024, but there's a consumer psychology to expiration dates. It's this magical thing, you know, that like creates, you know, uh, this sense of confidence in a product and it can really influence a purchase and how you can make that purchase a small purchase or a big purchase or no purchase at all, right? You know, if I have a long expiration date, I'm going to be more likely to say, I'm going to stock up. I'm going to order three or four of these at a time. If it's a short expiration date, I might skip it entirely, right? You know, like, you know, was that thing manufactured two years ago? No way. I wouldn't put that in my body. Meanwhile, the other stuff is manufactured in two years too. You know, this added cost of doing these expiration dates has to get measured against some sort of a benefit. So does it make sense for us as a supplement company financially to have data for expiration dates that go beyond two years? And most companies will say probably not. The assumption for many common supplement ingredients is that the actual expiration date is longer than any of the expiration dates that are printed on the bottle. And that's something important to understand, like those expiration dates are just kind of there and it's a cost-benefit analysis and it's probably fine for well beyond that. But it's not always fine, but it's probably fine. (laughs) We joke in the store, uh, calcium is a rock. (laughs) It's not going anywhere. It's going to outlive us all. And, uh, you know, uh, yet we have a a one-year expiration date on calcium. (laughs) At the end of the day, expiration date is a uh, measure of potency. And a supplement expires legally when it no longer contains exactly 100% of the labeled claim. So if I say I have 10 milligrams of, let's say, melatonin, because I'm going to use that example a little bit here, I need to have 10 milligrams right through the expiration date. And that 100% requirement is actually really strict uh, because in pharma and even compounding pharmacy, like we talked about last week when we were talking about Ozempic, They've got some variants With compounding, we can set a beyond-use date, not an expiration date, but a beyond-use date that has like 90 to 110% of the labeled claim um, throughout, the, throughout the life of the product. So uh, lots of variants there, right? So there's two things to consider here. Um, in order to always make sure that you do have 100%, that very strict number, companies will put in more, than what's actually on the bottle. You need to have at least 100%. You can have more. So the example again, melatonin, uh, degrades really quickly. So most of the melatonin that you buy, if it's quality stuff, will have probably 15% more melatonin in the bottle. Kind of throws off your numbers, right? If I'm taking 10 milligrams, well, actually taking 11. And as we said in the sleep podcast, melatonin isn't even dosed at one milligram in most countries. And so therefore, your rounding error <laughs> in the product that you're taking is equivalent to what other countries are even using for that supplement. Very important to kind of put it all together, huh? The second thing to think about is that your product technically expires if you have 99% potency. You know, Technically, I'm just kind of like throwing out random stuff here, nothing like specific. But you know, if the expiration date is guaranteeing 100%, technically at 99%, it's expired. But does that make the product bad? If it's 99% potent, I, I would take a 99. I would take it, you know, I took many tests and I've gotten 70s and we're happy with it, right? If we said before that expiration date endpoints are oftentimes arbitrarily set, will we actually even be losing potency? And that's something that I always like to kick around in your head, right? If, if, if technically the two-year number is just a stop point, because they don't wanna spend any more money on the test, And the product can actually expire three to five years out. At two years, are you really going to be losing anything, especially if they're putting more than 100% in the bottle? And this is where people start to go crazy. Why bother? Why would I even care about a supplement's expiration date if all these variables are true? Uh, It's because the concern that we have about expiration date is, will this product hurt me if I take it after expiration? And... The answer to that question is simple, right? The answer is no. Uh, expired products don't morph into something harmful. There was some concerns about a tetracycline-based compound that caused uh, kidney damage in someone that was taken after uh, expiration, but there's like the one case study and that's it, and most people were like, eh, there's probably something else going on, right? When a supplement product in particular decays, it just becomes less effective, you know, and that's over time, slowly. So technically, an expired drug can hurt you, though, right? Because if it's important and you're not getting enough of it, that's going to hurt, right? So if we're talking about uh, medicines, just in this example, blood pressure medicines, mood stabilizers, diabetes medicines, insulin, EpiPens, right? All things we don't want to mess around with when we're talking about potency. We don't want to have any variance from that 100% potency. We want to know exactly what we're getting. Supplements for, you know... Uh, allergies uh, that's kind of important but you know taking a fish oil pill is it it a big deal if it's a little bit less than 100 percent potent probably not so listening to the points that i'm presenting here can easily bring you to a simple conclusion a place that a lot of my customers and patients come to expiration dates for supplements really don't matter you know i'm just going to keep taking these supplements beyond expiration but there are still other factors to consider um you know, but overall, again, I agree with you. I, I, I do it. Uh, I think that if you're looking just from an expiration date standpoint, you're right. It's, it's probably an arbitrary number, and you're probably not. You're you're definitely not going to get hurt from it. So why not, right? Um, but so let's consider these other variables before we make our decision. So expiration date is a measure of mostly potency over time, right? But that measure is under very specific conditions. So here's the one thing that you're not considering when you're talking about the expired products that are in your medicine cabinet, the storage conditions, right? Can you guarantee me that your medicine cabinet is controlled room temperature and not having a humidity exceeding 40%? I don't think you can, right? And in fact, like your temperatures are all over the place in your house and it's probably very humid wherever your stuff is. Temperature and humidity are the two main things that break down pharmacologically active compounds like drugs and supplements. And that's why we tell folks no more bathroom when it comes to the storage of your medicines. Lots of order, really high temperature. And so there's a real possibility that the products that are stored in your house are degrading at a rate quicker than those in those expiration date tests. Within reason, of course, right? So theoretically, um, the expiration date is set based on good storage. And if you're kind of doing willy-nilly or not even considering those variables and, say, putting it in your bathroom and not using the vent and closing the door and it's really high moisture and really high temperature, we can't say that that expiration date is still true for that product. I store my products in a specific place. And I actually track humidity and temperature in my house, especially in the areas that Uh, We store medicine because I'm a nerd and I know this stuff. Um, So if you're going to do that, then I'm all for it. But we have to consider that the expiration date may be not even relevant to you because of how you've stored the product. Um, You know, the the idea that the product is also stored in its original container is something that's missing from a lot of people. People will take their supplements and put them into the weekly pill things, which is fine. I recommend it for some people. Try to have people not go more than a week or two because you're removing them from the containers where they've been tested for potency. And then you're putting them in containers that haven't had that same testing done. And so theoretically, if they sat there for a long period of time, they could be exposed to all of the elements and then degrade faster. And we don't want that. So you certainly wouldn't want these things in packages that, you know, these, these containers that are, uh, you know, four months packed out at a time. Or uh, we've had patients come in and they've had like little glass ampules, and they thought they were doing better by putting it into these transparent glass ampules instead of the light and temperature and humidity controlled bottles that they they come in. So we've been focused on potency here. You know, will this thing hurt me and will it even work? around expiration dates. But here's something that you might not have considered when we're weighing all of this stuff, the gross factor. (laughs) Do you want to ingest something that's been sitting around for a few years, especially if it's food-based? What if it's fish oil? Man, that is nasty, yo. It's been stored under fluctuating temperature and humidity. Imagine just like fish on the counter <laughs> just for a while. And you're like, I'm going to goggle that up. It's good. The expiration date's arbitrary, right? And so we have to think about all of this stuff. The bugs, the molds, the yeasts, and this the general grossness of all of this needs to be considered when you're making a decision on whether or not to use that supplement past expiration date. And again, like this is a podcast. This isn't meant to be so freaking heavy and nerdy. Um, uh, we've had a thorough enough conversation, I believe, here. I will direct you to D r n e a l s m o l l e r D R N E A L S M O L L E R.com. I have a blog and I have a great article, very in-depth dive around expiration dates. There's something that I didn't include here, the tricks that supplement companies do to fool you with expiration dates. And that's a good teaser because it's really good information. Just how they label the product and what they say is expiring and what isn't expiring is a trick. Um, there's even some tricks with probiotics that supplement companies do uh, pretty blatantly uh, that you wouldn't even know. Uh, so check that out. And There's also some other factors to consider around packaging and how the thing is stored and presented in the store that you need to think about before you make your final decision on whether or not you're going to use the expired products. So in summary, do expiration dates even really matter? And I'll say that an expired product won't hurt you. And an expiration date is technically arbitrarily assigned <laughs> as a cost-benefit analysis done by a manufacturer, right? We're gonna set it up as something that's just like, this is what we'll pay for, right? So what you should be concerned with as a consumer is, is more like a, an overall freshness, we'll say, right? So how was my product stored? Was, was it stable temperatures and stable humidity? Was the container the original container? Was it sealed? Or did you put it in a bl- plastic bag and then throw it in your bathtub, right? That's going to be not so great. <laughs> and then what's the relative importance for this thing that we're talking about? Are we injecting this into Uma Thurman's chest during that one scene in Pulp Fiction? And if we are, probably we want some fresh stuff and a really long, clean needle, much cleaner than what they used. So you can do this calculation yourself, certainly. Um, but there's the th- here's the thing that I want you to noodle on. And the point of the next part of the podcast is why do I even have an expired supplement to begin with? right? Chances are it's because we haven't implemented a supplement strategy to evaluate if that supplement should even be hanging around our medicine cabinet to this day. And that's what we're going to talk about next. We're going to talk about spring cleaning our supplements and why a supplement strategy is important. All right, let's spring clean that supplement cabinet This is the worst time of the year to be a kid in my house. (laughs) Uh, Grumpy dad is now having everyone unpack all the junk from the junk storage shed that, you know, has to then go to the porch or the patio to then eventually get put back into the junk storage shed. And then we have to clean out the junk in the other junk storage rooms, the garage, all of that fun stuff. And I grind my teeth for half a Saturday (laughs) that I just lost, watching uh, the hours that I worked to buy the junk just like evaporate away for a second time. (laughs) They say you die twice, right? You die when you die physically, and then you die again when the last person alive forgets your name. But technically it's a third time when you have to throw away the stuff that you bought foolishly working your life away. (laughs) I really highly recommend taking the time right now to spring clean your supplement cabinet. Add that to the mix of things that you're gonna be doing this time of the year, which uh, which should then align with your brand spanking new supplement strategy. So you've got junk in that supplement trunk, I know it, and you know it, and it's time to clear it out and stop with all the silliness and. Take our supplements strategically. And that's what I want to do. So, I got a four step program for you. This is going to be super easy. So, step one is kind of what I have to do. Uh, you have to stop grinding your teeth. <laughs> you have to let go, man. You hoard stuff because it's like someday, maybe, right? I might need it. I've spent so much. Have I got the sunk cost in here? Drop it, declutter your supplement space, and it's going to wait, uh, you know, lift the weight off of your chest and your shoulders. And you'd be more likely to push ahead with a better plan if you got some clarity right? And hopefully now you're going to also, you know, move forward with the lesson learned. Like I just had to pitch a bunch of supplements. Maybe if somebody on QVC is talking very confidently, I shouldn't just run out and buy the whole line, right? Um, I'm going to stick to a plan in 2023, a supplement strategy. So, you know, step two is, well, what's the strategy? And if you're not a super fan and you haven't read all the stuff, Listen back. I got an episode, Supplement Strategy, but here's how I simplify Supplement Strategy for the point of this podcast. So I say that there are three tiers to supplements. It's organized by priority and evidence, okay? First is the vital five, second, supplements that you need, and third, supplements that you want, So what are the vital five? The vital five are the five nutrients almost everyone would benefit from. They're missing from even the best diets. They have the most evidence to support their use and they have benefits on multiple body systems. So, uh, you know, one rock to kill two birds, is that what they say? Two birds, one stone? So these things are the nutrients that need to be optimized before any other. Before you consider any other supplement, you need to optimize the vital five nutrients. These are omega-3, probiotics, bone support, which is calcium and vitamin D, protein and multivitamins. So in your spring cleaning process, building a supplement strategy simultaneously, lots of S words here, folks. You're going to look through your pile of stuff, expired or not, the stuff that you use or not, and separate all the supplements that could fit into this Vital 5 bin and just throw it all into one pile. This is the Vital 5 bin. So then we have to move to the supplements that you need. And what does that mean? Well, you got allergies, allergy support capsules go here. You got reflux, your DGL goes there, right? Any supplement that you use for a specific reason, so to help manage or technically prevent a personal and real health concern, not like I kind of want to do this for heart health But I don't have any heart problems. This is more like I want to do this for cholesterol support, right? Because I have high cholesterol. So the personal and real reasons, the things you need. So lutein for your eye health, right? Because you're addicted to your iPhone and you want to make sure your eye is nice and healthy. Your eyes, both eyes are are nice and healthy. Uh, So that would go into the supplements you need category, right? Uh, So you put all the stuff in there, whether it's expired or you use it or not, it all goes there. And then finally, you go to the supplements that you want, so these are the things that you heard were good, right? These are the things you take for general wellness or because you know somebody on TikTok or Whole Foods said, these are great for people <laughs> and you're a person and you want to be great. <laughs> Anything that you're unsure of why you use just goes into that pile of like the stuff that I want because really if you needed it, you would really know why you needed it. The third step here, now that we've kind of separated our cabinet out into the three bins of a supplement strategy, we've got to weed it out. So expired stuff, or things that you no longer really use, or you're unsure of, you know, why you're using it, all the stuff in that last bin, I would just say chuck it without a he- uh, any hesitation at all. So if you're talking about the supplements that you want, uh, the things that you're just doing because, and it's expired, or you don't use it, just pitch it. Don't even think about it, just blindly throw it away. Then we move to this the supplements that we need bin, right? And here... What I would want you to do is to say, okay, so this, this product is expired. Why is it expired? Are they infrequently used, but they are very necessary, right? So, you know, we want to measure the parameters that we accept in the expiration date discussion and determine if we really should be pitching this. Is this thing important? Have I been storing it correctly, and is it gross, right? Um, I can think of like zinc lozenges being something that's very important for cold season, and you know whether or not you've stored it correctly will determine is it really gross because I wouldn't want to take some zinc lozenge thing and put it in my mouth and have all that gross, nasty syrup mold mix, yummy, uh, mixing around in my mouth, right, when you finally go to use it in eight months. These are things that you would need for a specific reason, but they may be expired, so we need to kind of make a decision here. Um, I would say, you know, again, balance all the variables, uh, err on the side of gross and get rid of it, and then just re-up. And I think that's an important thing to remember, that you're gonna have plenty of time to stock up on most things as cold season rolls around, as summer rolls around, as all of the, the seasons of buying supplements comes around, you're going to have plenty of time to re-up. Um, uh, and sometimes you might want to re-up now in advance, right? You don't want to have to run out to the store for a cold remedy. It's allergy supplement time, so like it, you better have some. Chuck the gross expired stuff, make a shopping list. That's how you do bin number two. And then the vital five, any of that stuff expired? Because if it is, what you have to do now in this Uh, section of the supplement strategy is to go find a mirror in your house. And you have to take a cold, hard look at yourself. (laughs) These are the supplements that matter. So how the heck could they possibly expire? So if you fell off the wagon, that's fine, man. I get it. It's time to get back on. Chuck those supplements. Start fresh. Right. And step four of spring cleaning your supplements is get on a program, get get with the program and get on a program. It's time. Evaluate your supplement stack with a supplement strategist such as myself, who's wearing his tight fitting T-shirt today. Uh, (laughs) Oftentimes I'm doing this for free and make a stronger health and wellness plan. One that's going to make this time the last time that you're going to clear the junk out of this cabinet to move it into this cabinet to eventually just throw it away in a year or two. I can't keep you out of your basement. I can't keep you out of your closet. All the junk that's there, that's a different podcast, but I can help with your medicine cabinet. (laughs) So again, I offer to you personalized recommendations and customized uh, supplement strategies. Visit WoodstockVitamins.com forward slash consult. Set up a time to chat, and you're going to oftentimes get me because I still answer the phone around here, and we'll talk about your health and wellness plans. Uh, Maybe, you know check before you spring clean. That might be good. And then I can see what, what you got. And then we can make some real, real hardcore decisions there. So one last word on this podcast, because we're going to cover more of this next week. But here's a warning. Uh, it's time to get ready for allergy season right now. Uh, pollen starting to fly, it's going to interact with those mast cells in your body. And the mast cells are like balloons that are filled with glitter. And that glitter is histamine. And as soon as one of those balloons pops, and it's not just going to be one, it's going to be thousands and millions, right? You're going to have glitter all over your carpets of your body. And it's going to take a long time to get all that stuff cleaned up, right? So start running the vacuums right now. It's the best time to get started with allergy support supplements or over-the-counter histamine blockers is right stinking now this part of the year april 1st is a great time then you have to take it consistently i don't care if you feel better man like you feel better because of the stinking drug right so you need to keep taking it and you should always take your allergy supplements if you're a sufferer straight through the season Uh, I know it gets a little bit lighter, but it might be wise to just continue. Just because the nature of cleaning up all that glitter, it takes a long time for that process to ramp up. And if you stop, It might be cool for a little bit, but then it's not going to be cool, and then it's going to stink. So I'd rather you just take the thing every day, and you'd be great. You know, I'm very anti-glitter, clearly. (laughs) And uh, there is a blog over at thewoodstockvitaminscom forward slash blog page, and it is the comprehensive Guide to Holistic Allergy Care. So visit that, and you can read up all about all of our tips. But we'll talk about more next week. That does it for this week's podcast episode. Take a few minutes to give us a five-star review. Share the podcast, your social feeds. Just wanted to do a quick episode this week on a very fun and light topic, the grossness of expired supplements and how angry I'm right now cleaning up the porch furniture. (laughs) Visit wellnessupsidedown.com for all things podcast. And remember, being our healthiest starts with being honest with ourselves and the health and wellness industry and then blazing a new path Marching forward, one step at a time. And I'm Dr. Neil Smoller, and I've got your back. Catch you next week.